we typically have symptoms in our organizations, right? So like if you have a cold, you have a runny nose or a fever, and that's really not the problem, but the symptom. Then once we, can I see these symptoms, um, that, that gives us some indicators of areas where we can make improvements. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. As you know, our show's mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. And before we dive into the content, I just want to take a minute to welcome all of our first-time listeners and just say thank you so much for spending some of your valued time with us here on the show And as you work through and begin to get your feet wet and seeing how we deliver content, we want to open it up to you. Like I said, we are here to help you make a better business decision. And through that, we need to know what are you wrestling with? So if you have a leadership question that you're struggling to answer, if you would like some expert advice with one of our faculty members, or you simply know someone who would make a great guest for our show, send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. So for many organizations, efficiency is always the key to driving success. When Whether you're Apple and you're a multi billion dollar industry or you're a mom and pop shop here in Indiana, one thing we all have in common is we're trying to become a more efficient business, whether that be bringing in more revenue, whether that be helping our employees to feel like they have a higher sense of purpose, or that's simply to um, help our mission kind of grow and become a bigger entity or leave a bigger footprint wherever we reside. And on this episode, We want to address how can we work to make some of these efficiencies better? How do we identify or even know where to begin so we can become a better organization? So we're sitting down with one of our management professors, Kendra Reed. Kendra, welcome to the ROI podcast. Thank you. So one thing that you've been working on and just published recently is a piece that you co-authored with Neil Baum. Uh, called Zap Your Gaps, Closing the Gaps in Your Practice. And on this article, you specifically were focusing it and tailoring it to physicians and the healthcare industry. However, this is a principle that we can actually pull out and broaden to almost any organization. Absolutely. You can even broaden it to your life. So talk about this concept of the gaps, you know, the Zap Your Gaps concept. Uh, and let's define some terms before we start bringing in some practice. Sure. I can give a must give credit first to the Robinsons who wrote the book, um, Zap the Gaps, and have really um, kind of started this model. And, uh, and what I've done is bring it to life in a classroom as a way that anybody can manage to solve problems and improve performance as well as efficiencies in their organization. So the concept starts with um, the idea is that you need to know where you need to focus your energy. So we typically have symptoms in our organizations, right? So like if you have a cold, you have a runny nose or a fever, and that's really not the problem, but the symptoms. So in an organization, it might be um, patients complaining or customers complaining or employees complaining or any type of metrics. There might be some financial indicators um, that are going in the wrong direction or, or the right direction. And so we have several symptoms. And once we uh, – can I see these symptoms um, – that, that gives us some indicators of areas where we can make improvements. And so it helps us start to know there's a gap. And I'm, kind of when you address this article, for anyone that wants to, you know, you can find this at greenbranch.com. You can find the full article uh, that we'll be referencing throughout 
this podcast. And what you were saying is there are three three factors or three uh, steps in order to identify. It's listing characteristic factors, listing factors needed to achieve future objectives, and highlighting the gaps that exist and need to be fulfilled. So let's kind of expand those a little sure, bit. Sure, let me try talk. to simplify. Those sound complicated, don't they? But they really aren't. So um, what you wanted, there's, there's in order to identify a gap, you know, one thing is to identify where you are, your present position. So it's kind of like football, where, what yard light are you on? You know, and um, how many yards do you have to go? So the first slight thing is like, what is your current situation? What are the metrics you're going to use? What are the indicators you're going to use where you are? So really define that. And once you define that, you have to decide where you want to go. So you set the next level um, is your future objective or your target or your game, or in a sense, where is the goalpost? How far away is it? Right. And so once you have defined where you are and where you want to be, and it's not necessarily linear, you can define where you want to be and then define where you are. Um, people do this in losing weight. They want to weigh a certain amount and then they figure out how much they do weigh. So it doesn't matter the order, but once you have an is or a present position and an objective or a goal, then you can identify where a gap is. And that's, that's just really the measurement. So the next thing you want to do is look at that gap or that distance and say, you know, what's the so what? We have a gap. Do we need to zap it? And that's where it's real important that you um, ask the question, what's the benefit of closing this gap? So that would be an opportunity. Or what's the cost if we don't? And that would be a problem. So you need a reason to close it. Not all gaps need to be zapped. And I love how you guys used uh, the medical field because it, it tends to, you know, when you think of just from a patient care, I mean, because not everyone's a physician, but from the patient care, you can easily identify gaps, whether that be, you know, in this article you were talking about waiting room, for example, like you're sitting in the waiting room for 60 minutes. Well, you know, as a patient, you know, you're sitting there waiting to see your doctor after, a, you know, waiting another gap being six weeks even to get into Correct. the clinic in the first place. It be, creates a lot of strain on the patient and then ultimately a strain on your business because now you're having people that are going elsewhere. Where else in business, you know, identify some other gaps that are kind of common, maybe not even in the physician world, but just in business generally. Yeah, you can keep it pretty general. Like you can say uh, what market share you're considering and say what kind of market share you want at a very high level, the 30,000 foot perspective, you could say you want a certain percent of market share or you could, and then you could look at your current market share. Um, at the university, we look at enrollments and our ideal enrollment, what we'd like to have and what our current enrollment, um, we could look at revenues, you know, how much revenue we're getting for those discount rates. Um, we could look at less tangible things such as, um, you know, happiness. People have a big happiness factor. We're kind of happiness addicted. So, but the idea is how do you know when you are happy? So it's important, um, if that's the goal to, to know when you're there. Um, and so, if companies want to be a very healthy environment and well-being, then they need to know what that means. What is what are the indicators of being well-being? So they need some type of metrics and intangibles or feedback that identify that. And so it sounds like the first step in order to be able to create a efficient workflow or to minimize, you know, this quote-unquote gap or zap the gap, for lack of a better term, is is just figuring out the what is like identifying yep. what is currently happening. And just that alone. Absolutely. So if you figure out what is, kind of own where you are. There's a lot about owning it and being authentic and, and transparent about where you are, right? And then I think it's important to understand your mission. You know, why are you, why are you here? Why are you in this playing field? Why are you in, as a physician? Why are you this business? Why are you this person? You can apply it at any level. And once you have your mission in place, you say, then where do I want to take this is? Like, where should I be? Where should I go? So that's the idea. 
and, and it's a very simple model that can be applied um, in all aspects. So talk about the different gaps that do exist, because in this article, you do expand upon, you give three different gaps. So what, what are those three different gaps that we can identify? Um, as far as types of gaps, there's really, there's generally two, there's problems and opportunities, but as far as, um, what's causing the gap. So once you have a gap identified before you go solving it, that's the most critical thing. Like you can't go solving the gap right away. You need to find the cause. And we tend to throw a lot of money at things that are trendy or look cute or look sexy or look fun instead of really understanding the cause of the problem. So when we're looking at the types, well, we're looking at really the causes. And we have to remember that 80% of the time, the cause is not the people. But 80% of the time, managers blame the people. So we need to shift our paradigm and say, odds are that this problem is mine as a manager, or this problem is mine, it's my life, right? So 80% of the time, it's something we need to do as an organization, um, whether that be defining roles, being clear. So we want to focus on things like processes. Do we have the right processes in place? Do we have the right roles defined? Do we have the right rewards in place? Do we have the right reinforcement for our people? Those would be process type causes that are causing us not to be where we should be and keeping us stuck where we is for lack of better terms. And the other thing is we do have the right technology in place. We have the tools in place and the resources in place for our employees. Um, that can be another type of problem. So the causes can come from, you know, the organization. They can come from the tools. Um, but they also can come from the people. So about 20% of the time, maybe the people are lacking something. Now people can lack KSAs, or we call knowledge, skills, and attitudes, and we can work on those. In the other half of the time, the people have DNA, and we need to stop trying to change that and focus on things they can do and not in their DNA. So that's what the types of the causes come from. There are external causes, but since we can't change those, we don't focus on those in this article. And so one of the one of the big things is is I love the internal view that this this kind of offers in this article, you know, talking about, for example, employee satisfaction and having a high turnover rate. Well, that becomes a what is, you know, that's what is happening. Just it. Even though you don't want it to be, it is what it is. Sometimes uh, you do want it to be. I think that's the important thing. Is the is where you want to be, right? And so the important thing, maybe your is, that's where you have to analyze the is to find out if there's a gap. So you, if you have the is, you think, well, is this is related to our mission where we should be? And maybe we're far ahead of our is and we're, we're doing great. But if we don't take time to see our is, we might be doing way better than we even think. So it's not always a bad thing. And it's kind of cool to find those things out. So if we're better, then it's something we need to capitalize on and continue to do. So gap analysis is, isn't always negative. It can always also be finding what we're doing well and how do we stay ahead of the competition. So now that we've kind of started to address, okay, maybe there's a what is, something's happening. How do we start identifying, or as you just said, how do we start analyzing that gap? What are some practical ways uh, business leaders can start to dive into this problem to get a really good grasp on what is happening? Right. So once you have the is, you really first need to go to what should be. So you have to have a, vi you have to have a vision, right, driven by your mission why you exist. So you have to know where you want to be. And it doesn't have to be the goalpost, but you certainly need a direction, right? Which would mean call. You need to have an aim. You need to know a direction with which you want to go. Right. A lot of times our direction is driven by competitors. <laughs> so we're trying to catch them or stay ahead of them. But that's not the only thing that can drive us. We could have a, a mission that goes beyond just being competitive. So we want to make sure we know where we should be going. Right. And that's an important thing. I said to look at our mission, to look at our competitive environment, to look at our resource base, to look at all those things that um, the five forces um, that are affecting us in our competitive position. 
So that's important. So we need to have the is and the should. So we go back to the is and say, why is the is happening? Why are we stuck at the is or what's getting us to our is? So we want to look at both the drivers and the enablers as well as those forces that are, are resisting us or keeping us where we are. So it's something called a force field analysis to see what that is. But the real question to simplify it, Matt, is just, so what? Hmm. Who cares? So when you're at the is, the question is, so what? Is this good? Is this bad? Because the is is just what it is. It's not judgmental. It's not bad or good. And I think we need to really be clear on that. It's just defining what is. And then how do we grow from there? So I think that the important thing is the is is not a state of deficiency. It's a where you currently are and, and you decide where you want to grow from there. So the gap says, I want to grow to get better or I want to grow to get ahead. And I think one of the big pillars that kind of hold that is, is honesty. Like you have to be honest as a leader, because I think for a lot of, especially maybe some younger managers, they wanted to believe that it's not, you know? Oh, absolutely. There's lots of data that shows that, uh, that people who are arrogant overestimate their abilities and, and those um, who are more humble and uh, underestimate. So we need to get a more reality check. And that's why it's real important to have data. And to have multiple metrics, because one measure is never enough. I know my students wouldn't be happy if just GPA was how I measured their worth. So, right, there's a lot more, especially to our students here in Indianapolis. You know, they have they have lives, and they have values, and they have families, and they have careers. And I think measuring people as a whole person is real important. So talk to, you know, we kind of addressed on it, but I want to hit it specifically. Like, why is it important to look for the causes before providing solutions? Like, why is that such a big um so important, so important in order to find, you know, the, the outcome you're, you're desiring. Sure. I, I love the book, the way the Robinsons write about it too. They say you have to dig for causes and a lot of people don't want to get dirty and do the dirty work because it takes a lot of time and effort and it, it's not fun to, cause we're going to turn up some worms and some bugs and some things we don't want to see and, and oftentimes rocks. So we really want to dig for the causes because if we start trying to solve problems without Knowing the cause, we're inefficient and we waste resources. We waste valuable time, valuable people, valuable money. Um, lots of things can be wasted. And that's really what we're trying to avoid if we want to save our planet and save our people. We don't want to be wasting resources that unnecessarily. So the one reason we need the cause, number one, is to not waste resources. But worse, if we throw money or time at, at a problem without knowing the cause, we could also make it worse, right? So a lot of times, just like when you when you don't, when you're hungry and you, and you go, you know, eat something that's not good for you, and it then you get a stomach ache and you're hungry, right? So companies do the same thing. They um, throw resources at something that has that makes a problem even worse. Just because they have the resources, they, they have the feel- resources, or they look like you said, they look they look good, or everyone's doing it. So we tend to jump on the bandwagon without really knowing our specific situation and our specific DNA of our company and our mission. So not ever, it's not an easy situation. So. You can waste resources, you can make it worse, and you can also cause harm, right? So a lot of companies can throw money at a situation, and the cost of that money is people losing their jobs or missed contracts with other opportunities. So we can also um, cause harm in doing that. So I'd say those are the main things. The cause analysis is so important, and I'd say majority of the time, taking time to dig for that cause and get dirty um, is the reason we skip that, and we just want to get it done quickly instead of efficiently. And that causes usually more problems um, than we had to start with. So again, wasting resources, making it worse, and causing harm. Other reasons, um, other, the consequences of not knowing the cause. And so we have the what is. So we're we're identifying what is happening, where we are, taking a healthy, unjudgmental look. Beautiful. To yes, absolutely. This is where we are. 
then we take, you know, a step back and okay, well, where should we be? Correct. Is this, are we on track? Are we, are we there? Is the, is the, is where we should be or is the, is way off and we need to make a corrective course. That's beautifully said. So then the next one, so then after that, so then we get into now it's time to take action, right? If the, so if the is, is, you know, on one side and then where should be is on the other, now we have to fill that gap or zap the gap really. Absolutely. So, so how do we start to take some corrective action? What are the next steps okay, once we so- define that? Once we have the cause analysis we talked about, and there's lots of tools for cause analysis. The most simple is the five whys. You just keep asking yourself why the situation is occurring. So you can do that. And you, you don't just want to ask yourself. You want to ask people you know, that have different perspective to figure out why it might be occurring. They are typical because life isn't simple, right? It's not like I forgot to put um, you know, bubble bath in the bathtub. Like, life business problems are complex, so there are probably multiple interrelated causes and, and that way people give up as well. It's really complicated to find causes. So I say list, you know, multiple options. We, we want to make sure our idea here is to increase your chance of success and de- decrease your chance of failure, but it's not perfect. So you want to um, make sure you have as many possible causes as possible. So you don't want to, again, this cause analysis is so important. The solution's easy. Um, it's the cause analysis that's hard. So you po- come up with multiple solutions and you can use our model, right? Is, it, is there a people problem? Are we lacking skills and abilities? Is there a process problem? Are we lacking a process for doing this? Are we lacking rewards? Are we lacking some type of regiments? Are our roles not clear? Do we not have a good competitor analysis? Do we not have good metrics in place? Again, about 80% of the time, it's going to be your process. And then you could look at your technology. Typically, you could put that in your processes or with your people are separate. Do we have the right tools in place? to get this done? Is it possible to get meet these goals without technology to help us get this done? And I want to drill down on the goal part because that was one thing that stood out to me in this article was you were saying that goals, because typically we, we understand goals are are measurable, they're quantitative, and they're definable, like very specifically in order, because then you know how to reach a goal. But yet in here, you offer the notion that goals are uh, both qualitative and quantitative. Like you can have a general goal of, we just want to increase employee happiness, not something you can specifically measure and see, you know, benchmark, but it's something that you can set as a goal to create a solution. Absolutely. I love the idea of happiness. Again, we have this very happiness addicted culture and I, and I love the, the quest. So you can think of uh, happiness like a mission, um, I can use my sister as an example. She's amazing. So she always wanted to be happy. So she had her tangibles, right? Her, her four children and her three labradoodles and her, um, you know, 4,000 square foot house and, and an incredibly loving, handsome husband and, and, you know, six figure income. And, and those are all real tangible things. And when it comes down to it, those, those aren't enough. And we have to recognize that as a business, there are intangibles that we want to at least address. So, you know, what is there more? Is that, things she can't measure. So we want to have multiple measures because the problems in business are super complex about that should. So when you're defining your goal, it just can't be revenue. Revenue is just a measure. It's just a symptom. It's not really um, a goal. So I really want to argue against this idea when you're zapping gaps that the metric or the number is really just an indicator that you made it. It's not what you're trying to achieve. And permission to be be broad in your goal in this exercise, you know, not being having to work so hard to cut out a very specific 
we want to go from 1% to 2.5% in three months. And then, you know, like it can be, it can be broad and that's It needs fine. to be broad and multidimensional. So I think just like in your own life that like say customer success. So customer success isn't all just about quality. It's also about a relationship. It's also about um, reliability. And so we don't want to just look at one aspect. We want to make sure that we're monitoring, um, we call this in business like a dashboard of indicators, right? So in your car, you want to see more than just the gas tank. You want to see the temperature and you want to see the miles per hour. And if any one of those doesn't work, there's an indicator something wrong. So you want to respect the complexity of our customers, um, the complexity of our employees, and the complexity of problems we face, which is what makes management so fascinating. And finally, you know, we want to get into now it comes to, all right, we're putting this into motion and the action is happening. And this is where you say, it's interesting, the goal being broad, yet you want the remedies to be action-oriented and specific. Talk about why it's important to have action-oriented and a specific remedy being aimed at that gap zapping. Yeah, aim's the right word there, Matt. So the aim, aim's the right word for sure. So we are, um, we're, we're on a journey, right? It's a continuous improvement journey. Um, just like in, in football, well, at least football is over after the game, but business isn't over after the game. So continually improved, it's continually trying to score goals and zap gaps. Uh, and so you want a direction. And once you have a gap defined, you really need to, and a, and a cause identified, you need to focus on that one cause, there are an endless supply of, of opportunities for, and gaps to deal with. So it's really important to have a prioritization system um, when you're going through with your gaps, because um, even as I take my th- students through, we can identify 10 gaps with the university. I'm sure we all have, can find 10 gaps in our life for our businesses. But which one's most important? So you really need to focus on what criteria are most important. So I would argue in a university, you know, learning would be the number one um, criteria. Um, that if, if it has a high impact on learning, then that has we need to use that. So we want to use the decision-making matrix and type, type of weighting system to at least to have multiple factors so we can identify which gaps require action. So that's important to really be intentional about what gaps are most important for you to get your mission and keep you on that journey to, on your aim, as you talked about. And once you have that identified, specific actions are critical. Making someone happy isn't specific, right? And uh, making customers happy isn't specific. So the number one reason people fail is lack of clear expectations. And if we can put clearly what we're trying to do in the expectations and hold people accountable, there's more likely we're going to do it. The research shows that if we're clear, if we're smart about our goals, and which is specific and measurable and attainable, that if we're smart about our goals, we're more likely going to achieve them. So let's be smart um, and grow from where we is um, to where we could be and make the world a better place. And finally, one of the things I want to highlight for all of our listeners is a great tool uh, that is included in this article, if you don't have a physical copy, is a gap analysis, an actual template to help you build a gap analysis and work through this exact process we're talking about. So that way you can not only identify where you are, the is or where you are, where you should be, have the corrective action, list it in order of if of importance, who is going to be responsible. And finally, when is it going to be accomplished? Because that is also the big thing. So as an exercise, if this is something you want to do through your organization, I challenge you make a make a table, whether that be just on a napkin or on an Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. with seven columns. You have your category of where where you want to start. You have the is, the should be, next the corrective action, the priority, owner, and due date. Make all those separate columns and then you can work through this process on your own from start to finish of identifying exactly where you are, where you should be, 
which is the gap, and then figuring out a corrective action all the way through the process. Kendra, just want to thank you so much for being our guest here on the ROI podcast. Thank you. Goes up some gaps. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indian University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week. Thank you.